Hello and welcome to Dateline New Haven on WNHHFM, New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make New Haven tick. Got a fun one for you, folks. A place that really makes New Haven tick and click, right? Is that how we say it? And turn. <laughs> the Devil's Gear Bike Shop. If there's not any store in town that more symbolizes what's made New Haven such a wonderful place to live in the last 15 years, I can't think what it is. We have John Brehan and Greg Ludovsky, two of the owners of the place. It's been itinerant. It's moved all around town, but played a central role in our rise as a micro-mobility city. Welcome, gentlemen, and thanks for coming on. Thank you for having yeah, us. Yeah, thank you for having us. And you're the first guest I've had in a long time who I don't have to say the following to. Please get so close to the mic that you're almost touching it. You guys are perfect. <laughs> we hear you loud and clear. So, guys, it's bike month. Does that matter? What is that? Like, what do you guys do bike month? Last year, maybe you did the e-bike thing. Yeah. So, uh, for us, every month is bike month, uh, clearly. <laughs> it's, our, it's our business. Um, but uh, this time of year, springtime, uh, coming out of uh, the, the cold, rainy weather and, and getting ready for summer, uh, it's a national uh, celebration of bicycles. It's time to remind people to get out and ride. You can commute, you can go riding for fun. There are tons of events throughout New Haven. Um, you know, it is a, a national... Is it May bike month? Yeah, May is bike month. So that's uh, through the League of American Bicyclists that, that's celebrated nationally. Does and it affect your business? Do you sell more bikes or is it just because this time of year people get on their bikes more? I, I honestly think... Um, I, I would say yes and no. I think because New Haven is so unique, we do have a lot of commuters here. And um, it just brings people in. And it just, I think, as the Devil's Gear is a community shop, it just reminds people, like, hey, you're not the only one on the road riding a bike. Mm -hmm, it's like, mm -hmm. go travel through the city, different neighborhoods, which is being on a bike is a great way to look at different communities. And uh, just say, get on out there and enjoy being. I get that buzz every year when I come into you guys because I bought my bike from you guys. I think it was on Audubon Street. It was probably around 15 years ago or more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you give a free tune-up every year, which is really nice. Yep. And when I come in, when the season, the weather starts again, I bike at work. Um, I just feel so good walking in the store. And I think it's what John just said. You feel like you're part of this really cool bike community in town. It feels warm. You guys are you know, the same faces. It's not some faceless institution it's part of a community that cares about biking that enjoys it that revels in it that and, and you keep us on the road mm -hmm. right 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 and also new haven is evolving which is like we we we're constantly seeing new faces mm -hmm. which is really really cool and it's like yeah that, that kind of answers the question that none of us can figure out who's moving in here in all those buildings <laughs> and are they all bikes hmm I would say <laughs> some do. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, and a lot of the developers have reached out to us like, hey, what can we do? Do we need bike racks and mm. all that other good stuff? But um, folks who are coming from cities where it actually has a bike culture, like New York um, City, Brooklyn, of course, uh, Boston, um, and they're coming here, Seattle, mm -hmm. and it's like, Hey, New Haven is uh, pretty cool to ride around. It's small enough that you can ride around town. I find that as long as don't do those hills at the east side, yeah, the very yep. yeah, it's the west side, yeah. Right, and it's 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 
for me, even coming in today, just riding when I think about commuters, right? Yeah. Commuters come in different sizes and flavors, mm-hmm. right? It's not like the guy with a pair of khakis on and, and a bright vest. It's that guy working in the construction site. Or the construction, yeah. Oh, most definitely. It's that guy working in the construction site and he mm-hmm. got his hard hat on locking up his huffy or whatever he has he's and she is a commuter and it kind of makes the commute nice rather than something that brings you to work frustrated exactly it's yeah. kind of nice seeing the town and just it's, getting there easy yeah, and mm-hmm. riding the frustrating bike. traffic you're right yeah. you're right paul and riding the bike it puts you in that kind of like zen feeling mm-hmm. right yeah and one of the things i like to talk about is it's because you're traveling at that speed and you're you're out in the world you get to experience new haven you get to see friendly faces you know look in shop windows and things and really enjoy and a commute should be happy yeah it shouldn't be this way to get you biting your nails and frustrated and angry at the world about red lights because i get into it i'm in a car you know so Mm -hmm. you get these natural instincts to feel competitive and get through the line and feeling pressure when you kind of bike it through especially when you're slow riders i am it's practically walking you kind of have this this mellow vibe when you're doing right, work. Yeah. right, right. You're right. You're right. So we're talking to Devil's Gear, uh, two of the owners, John Rahan and Greg Ladowski, about how New Haven is evolving and how they're evolving as a result as a store. And we'll get to that in a minute. Can I go a little more on who these new people are? So you said a lot of them are coming from cities that have bike cultures and they find out that works here. Yes. And also, um, we built these projects with rules to not require as many cars. Mm-hmm. New Haven deliberately mm-hmm. wants to be a bike city. And I guess they, you, you get consulted on that a lot, don't you, about how to make that happen? Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't think City Hall's calling us uh, every day. But, you know, we talk with uh, some of the developers. We talk with, um, we do have customers who work at City Hall, of course. And we talk with a lot of the new um, new residents moving in about, what they want and how to get around and uh you know we often will also see people coming through the city who are visiting from out of town before they move here and they they're kind of getting a sense of new haven they want to uh you know find their favorite pizza place before they move here and, and all that stuff <laughs> that's what, that's some work yeah it's easy to go to devil's gear but i don't know which pizza <laughs> yeah. but you, you know so they told you guys we were coming and talk about micro mobility mm-hmm. so has that been one change in the, in the past? People talked about bikes. Now they talk about bikes, e-bikes, scooters. Is it true that more people are looking at more ways to go on two wheels? I think that's the future. I mean, when I think about, that's probably one of the reasons why I actually brought in skateboards. Um, when I think about micromobility, it's crazy because it's even that, that older woman who comes in with a walker that has a brake similar to like what you have on a bicycle, um, we service those folks. Wheelchairs, mm-hmm. you know, um, scooters, e-scooters. Oh, my God. Uh, and, of course, bicycles and now skateboards. It's, Tell me about the skateboard thing. How did that get so big? Uh, you know, skate, the whole skateboard culture, is, it goes in a cycle, right? Um, because you were in high school, you used to go to yeah. Channel One with Luke Cox, right? Yeah, like I'm not originally from uh, New Haven, but when I first moved to New Haven, um, Luke Cox store Channel One was the first store I actually went in. And I was like, hey, this this is owned by a brother, and it's a skate shop. And even to this day, when I think about a skate shop, he 
he was ahead of his time like how it looked and how it felt yeah, yeah and i think i wanted that in the devil's gear right um and the way the skates and i had people like oh when are you gonna get? i threw it out there maybe we should carry skateboards right and we had an employee who used to skate mm-hmm. still does at at one point and he was like nah i'd be too you know if you're gonna do it you're gonna do it right and I tend, out of the two, I tend do to do it. I just do it, right? Do and it. Greg is good. Cause Nike like, got it from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg is like, uh, uh, sure, this makes right. sense. Are we going to be able to pay? Yeah. Yeah. All right, no. <laughs> Good to have to fall down. Are people yeah, going to get yeah. access? <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> have anyone <laughs> Greg is like, wait a minute. We got boards in here now? <laughs> so yeah. tell me if I got this right, John. Skateboarding is cyclical. It's back in fashion now. Mm-hmm. The change with e-bikes is technological. Yeah. Have mm-hmm. they developed in a way that is that why it's blowing up now? Mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. So e-bikes are still evolving. There's still a lot that's going to happen there in terms of the technology. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for example, the, the batteries are getting to be a little bit lighter weight, longer range, that sort of thing. The motors are getting more efficient. Mm-hmm. But also there's in the United States, there needs to be a little bit of a cultural change to kind of meet the technology that's coming out. So we have e-bikes in the store, obviously, and we anybody who's interested should come down. We'll talk about them all day. You can take a test ride, etc. But there's a big difference between Americans coming in to purchase a, an e-bike and people who've lived in another country or grew up in another country and what they expect out of the bike. Mm-hmm. Where Tell me about that. Is that an mm-hmm. infrastructure issue or what people are used to on the road and sharing the road or where they ride? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of both. Uh, definitely our infrastructure... I'll say has come a long, long way in the last couple of decades. Um, you know, Matthew, who founded the Devil's Gear, Matthew Finer, started what year? In uh, 2001. Mm-hmm. So no bike lanes back then. No bike lanes. Just yeah. the people going to critical mass rides out of your original store who were exactly. demanding the bike lanes. Yeah. Then we hated the bike lanes because they were shadows and just got right. us stored and run mm-hmm. over. But yeah. you got to realize Matthew was the first person to actually put one of these shadows down on the on the ground, mm. and he was like this needs to happen yeah and so you know the infrastructure is getting there um and there's there's a lot of debates about bike lanes versus uh slow vehicle lanes and how much space do we have and parking and you know it gets complicated um but also you know a lot of people who say are coming from europe they expect a bicycle and they're looking for something that will boost them as they pedal and a lot of Americans seem to expect that a, an e-bike has a throttle and it's more similar to a moped or a scooter. So we, we kind of have to have a discussion with them about what are you really looking for and is this going to meet your needs? So Europeans don't see e-bikes as little cars. They see it as like, if I get to that hill, which we all get right. to, mm-hmm. that's going to get us up. Whereas you're saying Americans kind of see it as a motorcycle? To a degree, yeah. Right. And yeah. is it not? Uh, you can buy an e-bike that is like a motorcycle if you want or you know something else but the bulk of what we carry is a bicycle that will boost your power so you put in some work and it gives you a little something on top i got now i worry that i'm being one of those fuddy-duddy people who didn't like it when dylan plugged in at newport Mm -hmm. because like i love electric guitars right but at first people (laughs) felt like this is impure this is an acoustic guitar i feel the same way about bikes i want my acoustic bike i don't want an electric bike i feel like that's not a bike is that just something that's fuddy-duddy we gotta get used to or is it really going to be that most of us are still going to want bike bikes? So, acoustics? Paul, I think uh, I was the same way, right? I, I enjoy pedaling my bike. 
But when you actually get on an e-bike, you don't have to use the power. But don't you? No, you don't. You, you well, the truth is there's some hills I just don't go to because right. I don't want the hills. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have it setting on off and you just ride it as a normal bike. So right? do you ride an e-bike every day now? No. No, I didn't ride an e-bike this morning. <laughs> we, we do have a shop bike that we use for deliveries and some small, small things that is an e-bike. It's a like a... Well, wouldn't that be because you might have to go someplace quickly that kind of steep hills or is that what's the reason no it's not about the hills it's about the carrying capacity it's easier oh. to carry extra weight when mm-hmm. you have a motor helping you out and what do you deliver uh i let's see the the most awkward thing i had was a, a giant box of 200 pairs of grips that i went over to the ups store with <laughs> oh, so you do you do a lot of mail work yeah that sort of thing or um, or you know put a toolbox in the back we um we do work on the uh the party bike sometimes so that sort of thing just Pretty much yeah. anything small uh, that doesn't require a, a you know a larger vehicle, we can make do with our with our e bike. We also have a trailer, so we can. Are e bikes a big sale? Big percentage? Like how much of yours is acoustic bikes, e bikes, scooters, wheelchairs, walkers? Yeah, that's a good. That's a so more acoustic bikes than anything. Do you think that'll be the long term? I it, I think. If we had more infrastructure, I think e-bikes would take over, just like in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Is that what happening in Brooklyn? Oh, it happened. It, it's, it happened in New York City. Period. In the five boroughs, when especially when COVID hit. So, what's the infrastructure that has to happen? Um, separated lanes that are for slow moving. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. They they have separate bike lanes and slow moving lanes for e-bikes. Yes, they do. Well, they just have separate bike lanes, and they are guarded by say parking by cars and more than which we kind of have but they're not working out in practice yet yes not yet but that's part of shifting the culture the other thing is you know the bikes e-bikes that you sell in the state of connecticut there are three classes class one and two the maximum speed the motor goes is 20 miles an hour so it's still in a human powered range you know pretty when you guys ride well, you don't I look have to when go I, I go by the sign that tells you how fast you're going. I'm never going twenty miles an hour, even on a straightaway. <laughs> it doesn't flash at all. Yeah, it does flash. It does, and there are double digits. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but I think once if there is a little bit more infrastructure, people would feel a little more comfortable and a little bit safer out there. We'd see more e-bikes. So your prediction is. That in 10 years, you're going to be selling more e-bikes if the infrastructure is there. Yes. Almost definitely. Uh, that's one of the things that we've been paying attention to is, and Johnny B's better about this than I do, is looking at what companies are doing and the trade shows in Asia where most bikes are built. And a lot of bike brands are switching to 50% or 80% e-bikes in what they produce. Mm. So that's what they're expecting to sell. Will there always be a market for acoustic? Yes. Absolutely. And why is that? Because folks like you and me and Greg, Mm -hmm. we actually like, I think it's that whole Zen thing. It is the Zen thing. I was going to ask you, and that's different for me from an electric guitar. Mm -hmm. You can have Zen with the electric guitar, Mm -hmm. but there's something about mobility and micro-mobility that tunes out the hustle bustle electric world and mm-hmm. connects you with your environment and nature and your human rhythms. Right. And that's kind of, I think, why one of the, re- besides being a little clumsy, it's one of the main reasons I think I don't have an interest in an e bike. Yeah, I think what we're going to see 
I think e-bikes will be truly, because I actually consider the bike shop as a bike shop, but I consider it to be a transport, transportation shop mm -hmm. in the sense of, or micro-mobility shop, because I really, New Haven needs to go that way. Mm -hmm. I really think New Haven, they, they're right there. They're really right there. New York pushed the envelope and they're there, but New mm -hmm. Haven needs to go that way and what that does is it's a couple of things the quality of life changes right um and then also people change mm -hmm. society change in the sense of like people are aware that they're riding in a bike friendly town especially when you see those lanes especially when they i think they the mayor is slotted to put 100 miles of bike lanes and guarded bike lanes throughout New Haven. Mm -hmm. um, that's their plan. And I also believe that new developers should be on that. They should have guarded bike lanes in front of their buildings. You know, it just makes sense to me. And there will be a perk if a new developer has that. Because people feel safe. Are you going to call it always bike shop just for the quaint name of it? Yeah, we. Oh, of course, it will always be the Devil's Gear. Mm -hmm. But it will be the Devil's Gear bike shop. Yeah, the Devil's yeah. Gear bike shop, of course. <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, the the history there is Matt used to just call it the Devil's Gear, and he started getting some angry phone calls in the first <laughs> oh, year or two of the shop, and right. so. If you look at the logo, a lot of the time the bike shop is in all caps, and the Devil's Gear is in lowercase. Oh, okay. Let's talk about that history. We're talking to. To John Brahan and Greg Ladovsky, who are owners of the Devil's Gear Bike Shop, founded in 2001 by Matt Feiner. It's really been one of the wonderful institutions in town that make a lot of us feel like that's mm -hmm. what makes New Haven, New Haven. You've grown with the city. You've evolved with the city. Um, tell me when, so it started on uh, a building I used to work next door to on 443 Chapel. Mm -hmm. It's right by Hamilton Street, back, oh, right past where 91 cut off Old Wooster Square. So it was all yep. industrial. When I worked back there... In the 1980s, I used to go in the building that became the space that became the Devil's Gear Bike Shop. It was Al's Luncheonette, mm -hmm. where a guy <laughs> ran it. He said, I keep, and there were no one living except for a few people legally in the building we were in next door. There was no one, there was a, um, no one was living anywhere on that area. There were some factories and a lot of vacant old factories. And Al had the working man's lunch. He never charged more than three bucks for a sandwich. Oh, nice. And he, always, he also took bets on the phone, sporting bets, and he got busted at one point, but he stayed oh. in business. <laughs> but so then, Fast forward to 2001, everything is kind of vacant there, and all of a sudden Matt starts the Devil's Gear, as you said, not even called the bike shop yet. Mm -hmm. Why did he start there, and when did you guys come in the picture? Ooh, so what I know about that, this is before I moved to New Haven, but I know that um, Matthew never really wanted to be the sole owner of a business. You know, he he moved back to Connecticut after having lived in Austin, Texas for a while. <coughs> Pardon me. And um, he said, well, there needs to be a bike shop like this. He did see it. The culture was changing. Mm -hmm. Uncle wanted a bike. Yeah. And so he just started to do it because nobody else was doing it. And people were all talking about this space. And I remember younger people especially. And I remember on Friday afternoons, you had the critical mass bike ride started there where mm -hmm. 20 or 50 people would take over the streets. And a little bit in your face. There was a yeah. little bit of attitude to oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I think at one point, Matthew and Peter Chapman, who uh, owned the building, they were in talks that Peter would be a partner or, you know, something like that. I think that was part of the reason that Matthew chose that location. I'm sure the rent 
probably had something to do with it. It's probably in the negative range. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like old interest rates. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when did yeah. you guys come in the picture? Jeez. Um, I'm, I'm starting to forget exactly uh, when I moved here, but uh, I think I started the shop about 12 years ago, approximately. Mm -hmm. um, what year are we in now? So you were in 2011. You were already a couple moves by then. Yeah, yeah. When did you start, Joe? I want to say the following year. Yep. So they went first from the first move, it moved a lot, mm -hmm. was to Audubon Street. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a second location. Matt oh, that the, wasn't the, the same? Right. Yeah, okay, and yeah. it didn't last long. Right, well, that was, what, 2007 he opened up? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2008. What happened there? Came a call in. It was the... the Financial crisis. Crisis, yeah. 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 And then when did the so then they moved to Pitkin Plaza, 137 mm -hmm. Orange Street, yep. which is a sort of a happening place where under construction right after that was the 360 Tower, mm -hmm. right? When did he move there? Do you know? That was I forget the exact year. It was either I want to say around 2010. Right. Right. So it was before you guys started there. Yep. Yeah. And Mitch Thuby was running it with them, and he was tragically murdered. Yes. I remember mm -hmm. the store yeah. became the center for everyone who was grieving about mm -hmm. that right out on Pitkin Plaza. That was heavy. Yeah. yeah. Guys, been through a lot over the years. Were you at the store then yet? Uh, I was shopping there. Uh, I had actually signed up for um, a bike mechanic class that Mitch was going to be teaching. Uh, I was, I think, I was on the wait list. I don't think I'd. Gotten and it didn't happen at the it, shop. It happened on, on Bassett Street where he was living. Right. Yeah, and it right. it didn't happen that year, um, obviously. Um, but yeah, I was shopping at the at the bike shop. I hadn't started. Working so I'm sorry, Greg. You said you started 2012. Uh, approximately i don't remember exactly and john you were yeah. 2013 yeah i don't know why i feel like you guys have been there forever it it i feel like you guys have been such a presence <laughs> because that place. we were at 151 that was part of 360 state we were part of the building where right now strange ways is in mm -hmm. that location um and all right 137 was after that's the yeah. hunting and that's when i came on board and i remember I asked Greg. Greg was like, "Yeah, I've been here a year," and it was like, and Greg was like, "Good, we got another person here, right?" Uh, and we had a big staff then. I remember that staff. Mm -hmm. Tons of mechanics. I wish we could find mechanics now. And why was there bigger staff then? If there's more biking now, um, I guess because uh, at that time it was David. Mm -hmm. David uh, was the manager. David David Kahn, who was the manager, and he was pushing he wanted to be like zanes mm -hmm. in a sense and scaling up mm -hmm. right and you guys wanted to be kind of local we wanted to be community. local but but you could still scale up and still have that flavor right and i remember it was like some something's not right here because it was the conflict between matt and david and matt clearly is the artist right but he's also the founder and david was focusing more on the business and how can you have two and you can have two but they just couldn't see eye to eye on certain things mm -hmm. i remember it was an ugly breakup so yes. it cost yes. some money yes. but you yes. guys persevered when did you folks ascend to become owners of the place it was probably shortly after I want to say the whole, was it 137? Yeah, I, I forget exactly what the timeline is, but I want to say about five years ago, five yeah. and a half, we started discussing it with Matt because 
you we know, were running the shop. Yeah, we were basically running the shop. Matthew, as as you know, Paul has been dealing with a lot of yeah, health Matthew issues. Yeah, moved on and, where he was yeah. going to do day to day. And so he needed to step back and take care of himself. So yeah. you both at the same time became co-owners? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And don't forget, we were running also the New Haven Bike Share mechanic. We were had a company called the New Haven Bike Share Mechanics when the bike mm -hmm. share was in town. Yeah, we were doing all the repairs on those bikes. Yeah, Ooh, so wow. we were we were like, and why did that fall apart? <laughs> that wasn't your job. Their job no. was to. What nope. was? I hated the ads. I got to tell you, yeah, but they're yeah. telling people to be on it, telling kids to be unhealthy and destroy your health, and then mm -hmm. get on a bike for five minutes, you know, mm -hmm. and pay them some money. I think um, it was a couple of things. I think the back end and the company who was running. Um, the back end of the bike share got bought out by a venture capitalist. Always happens when you say it, that it, word, it's, it's over. Oh, yep. oh, oh and man. It's like, and I remember telling Greg. Venture like, capitalist, what can we cut? How can we screw everybody yeah. to get mm -hmm. most money out of this community? Mm -hmm. And now you won't even see our face. And they wanted a quick turnaround on funds. The mm. sad part about it, when COVID hit, we pulled, we pulled the bikes in February. Yep. If they just stayed another month, Boom. Everybody was riding. Everybody yeah. was riding. Just think about New York, um, the city bikes. The city bikes, mm -hmm. their ridership jumped up like three times. Yeah, skyrocketed. Four times. It skyrocketed. All they had to do was just hang on. Because right now, we would probably be, we probably would have electric bikes out there for rent. Mm -hmm. And that makes a city. In, if I wonder if they'll bring it back. They don't mm -hmm. have Doug Houseland anymore at the traffic authority, so at Parks, so I don't know if they have the same kind of impetus for it. We, we can't talk. You can't talk about that. <laughs> it, this uh, that's not your job anyway. Your job right, is running the right, Devil's Gear exactly. Bike Shop. Right. One of the long running and evolving into the future, guiding us. You're steering us. Yes. Devil's Gear is steering us into the golden new age of micromobility in New Haven. And talking about that on Dateline New Haven at 103.5 M live streamed at newhavenindependent.org. So then you, why did you, in the pandemic, it went nuts. All of a sudden, I remember going mm -hmm. by the store with my bike, and you guys were like overwhelmed because all anybody wanted to do was buy bikes. Everything was on back order, plus you had the supply chains. Yep. And um, you, had that long, you had that line outside. Yeah. I remember that. How did you guys, how did you guys roll with the pandemic, and how did you make out with it? It's crazy, Paul, because when we, it was, it was, it was scary, mm -hmm. but I think, and I'm glad I had Greg as, a support anchor because with me i remember the day that they was going to shut down the city we were literally sitting in key bank talking to our banker and we were getting a line of credit because we wanted to buy i was like we got to buy stuff it's i i, I don't know you knew it was coming it's a gut feeling so we got to buy stuff so that's smart you had a gut yeah. feeling that it was time to expand when everybody the, else was closing <laughs> the funny thing was like are you sure you want the banker was like are you sure you want to do this and I looked over at Greg, and I was like, I think I was already signing my name up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, heck yeah. What, and what? you already knew the pandemic had hit. It so were you thinking this is the time to expand? It was that, but also we were hoping, because New Haven was following New York mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the trends, right? So they already deemed bike shops as a, a essential businesses that was just uh, a couple days earlier yeah, yeah i think the friday before the monday or something mm -hmm. like that it was so you're doing was it a big expansion like what kind of line of credit did you get we just got like 50 grand but that was that, that goes yeah. yeah what did you do yeah. with it you got new stock or new we got stock we oh that was before everybody couldn't get stock mm -hmm. yeah well good move guys 
good move. But you we, know more than that. Venture capital is going to destroy the bike share program. But the crazy part about it was we ran that 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 went like lickety split. Yeah, it's yeah. like really because everyone's pulling out old bikes mm-hmm. and because people needed stuff. So you were work. What kind of hours were you working during the pandemic? All hours. All hours. Yeah. Like what's all hours? Like even we closed on Monday. We were sometimes we were in there working mm-hmm. on Monday. And don't forget we were still kind of dealing with the bike share of finishing we up. We finished up, yeah, but we still had occasional. But I mean, like, were you working twelve-hour days, sixteen-hour days? Yeah, we we'll do that anyway. Yeah, I mean, we were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. all day, all day. Every and did day. you do okay? Did it help you? It it put this way. It it did. It, it, the thing that I think most people, when you when you look at us and you're like, oh, the devil's gear. Believe it or not, the the bike industry is a hard industry. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not the margins are not great, and especially now during COVID because everything went into like shipping costs if it costs the manufacturers to ship a bike more because you got to remember i I couldn't if you didn't know like the ship prior to COVID, to ship a container a shipping container of bikes from say asia to the united states for roughly around 1100 bucks it went all the way up to twenty thousand dollars during COVID. wow Mm-hmm. So, wow, it's back down or is this thing? It's, I think it's right now around anywhere between say fifteen to two. Grand. That's how I feel like everything's coming down, but not down yeah, where it was. Exactly, right. <laughs> and, and the margins are still, the and the margins are smaller. Mm-hmm. So, why did you move? When did you move around the corner to Chapel, and why? So we moved around the corner to Chapel. Uh, I think we our first day there was maybe November first, twenty twenty. Uh, so deep in the middle of everything being shut up wow. or whatever. Um, Must have made it easier to move around the street when there aren't as many cars. Yeah, it was, you know, we got through. Close there were down. ups and downs about Why that. did you move around? Um, our lease was up at the previous space. The new space is double the size. And um, we went from a, a kind of standard uh, landlord. Our, our current landlord is the Institute Library, a nonprofit. Oh, nice. Yeah, and we love those folks. Yeah, yeah, they're fantastic. So how big's your store now? Uh, so the main sales floor when you walk in is about 1,200 square feet. Then our service area behind that is about 1,200 square feet. What and, was the old one? Uh, 1,200 square feet. <laughs> Total. Total. <laughs> we had some storage in the basement there. Um, so you needed more space because you're growing. More space. And you're going micromobility in yeah. all dimensions. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And of course, like Greg knows that, what I loved about the space is you could be in the store and not be in the store. Mm. So we had those. What do you every, mean? Every month, like, and you've seen the space. It's like an old store, like old time. It's like you got the outdoor show glass. Like back in the day, and I love that because I remember coming, going down in Baltimore, Maryland, going to go see trains go around during Thanksgiving and Christmas, and you're window shopping. Mm-hmm. It does feel like an old movie, right. like mm-hmm. Baker's for Tiffany's or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's very, very cool. And when we moved into that space and we did everything with the windows, we were literally stopping traffic. People stopped their cars to look at, like, wow, 
this is the bike shop wow this is oh that's cool so art is an important part of what you're doing here was it before mm -hmm. like you've really made it a gallery i love being inside yeah. your store i Thank hadn't you. even thought about the store yeah. the window the window's cool i hadn't thought mm -hmm. of what john said about it. this kind of brings you back to an era mm -hmm. i'm sure that's one of the last blocks downtown that didn't get knocked down and redeveloped mm -hmm. and has that feeling of the recessed entrance mm -hmm. and the store windows so you gave thought to art in the store oh, tell me about that i think that came from matt absolutely and matt is uh like he he's is, still involved that way yes he is the man matt um I, he he's an artist by trade mm -hmm. i think bicycles was just the secondary for it right and we got that vibe when we went into 137 orange and he had all the his pictures and photos up he really didn't want to move any bike stuff in there he just wanted to be like a gallery it was like mm -hmm. all right matt we can't that was nice there the old yeah. photos yet yeah. yeah well how are you envisioning besides paying attention to the store windows how are you paying attention to the inside with art do you have regular moving of shifting of what's displayed yeah so we well, of course we got jerseys up around the top of the uh, space um we um brought in a young guy named harvey who mm -hmm. is Harvey? Hey, yeah, Harvey is a skater, and he shoots all the skaters, but also he's a graffiti artist. Mm. And it was like one day I just happened to see his, his artwork, and I said, you know what? We need, to, we need to have it in the store, right? We really need to so have it. So is that a permanent part of the store, his it artwork? Is. What's it his is. last name? Oh, God. Oh, That's, I don't know. I, we, everyone calls him Harvey. I, mm -hmm. It's I wish so uh, it's got a feel of that kind of skater culture graffiti yeah. culture right yeah. and it's like the old and the new mm -hmm. right and why can't they exist together they can mm. they can right and then that we do a play on our colors which is black yellow orange and red mm -hmm. and that's always been the shop colors and I think Greg kind of let me go with the whole vibe of the shop and we have we have uh, friends of the shop like Mike Dunn, who's there today, that's going to help us on a new project. But then what we, then I realized, like, it is a community space. We want people to come there. We got a sofa, chill out. Mm -hmm. Normally we have candy in the dish. They, people make meals out of candy, which is fine. Um, and it's, you should come in and relax. We want you to... Meanwhile, you got the new New Haven rising right across right. the street where the yeah. Bill of right. What do you think when you look out your window and you see that? You know, it was kind of funny because I went over there and welcomed them to the neighborhood. I didn't, I didn't realize the photograph was going to be me, like, <laughs> with a shovel in my hand. I said, let me get a percentage of this building here, then, if that's the case. Then. But it's great. It is great. And the best thing about it, I think, um, it's, it's bringing more and more people eclectic people to new haven mm -hmm. and at the end of the day do we need affordable housing yes we do um but i probably digress off of that one because it's it's but we have housing going in and hopefully they are thinking about that also all right well before he lets you go and but Great work with the store. I'm so glad you guys are thriving, evolving, reimagining our city, helping us do that. Any future plans we didn't mention? Greg? John? Okay. So we, you, we like to use our space.
for everything so if you have an idea we have used the space for our art gallery uh we have spoken word uh, okay. a concert mm -hmm. just give us a call greg at the de or shoot us an email greg at the devil's gear.com or johnny b at the devil's gear.com or just call or cut stop by we'll at 845 chapel that's the devil's gear bike shop one of the great places in new haven going strong going long thanks guys thank you for having us thank you john verhan and greg ludovsky two of the owners along with matt finer of the devil's gear bike shop thanks for helping close out bike month with a bang here on dateline new haven wnhhfm thanks to nora grace flood and harry droz working the controls we're going to take it out with the afro-semitic experience performing i wish i knew how it would feel to be free from the group cd a plea for peace this is Paul Bass inviting you to fly free with us all day and all night long at WNHH New Haven's home for community radio. Mm -hmm.